another installment of the Mecca Podcast. We're going to do something a little different today. We have a special guest. We have Tim Martin from Dallas. He's going to talk to us about his basketball experiences. Uh, also, the players that he's worked with and how uh, his current situation is actually going to help the culture of basketball here in America and also throughout the international world. Uh, welcome to the uh, podcast, Tim. Thank yeah, you for coming by. Appreciate it, man. I know you flew in just for this. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> joking. At any rate, welcome to New York. Thank you. Um, tell the people exactly uh, who you are, what you're doing here in New York, and also, more importantly, what you're doing within the culture of basketball. Yeah, man. So um, I'm kind of wearing a different hat. Uh, the reason why I came out here, um, the, the shoe company um, that um, I've been doing, like, some ambassador work for mm -hmm. over the last couple of years is uh, Lean In, um, also, by the way, Wade brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing a, a fashion show here in New York uh, tomorrow. So um, just came out here to support mm -hmm. and um, just kind of help out. And um, I'll be going to the All-Star Weekend next um, to just kind of right. meet some players and, and stuff like that. So I got you. Mm -hmm. Now, you're primarily one of the um, – well. You're, you're in a different situation than most mm -hmm. in that um, you're looked at as one of the premier trainers in New York, excuse me, not only New York, but also the world. Um, tell the people that you, um, the level of players that you work with, because I know you run the gamut. Yeah. I know you work with a couple of um, NBA rookies of the years and you know, players of the year and NCAA you want to talk about briefly yeah. about. Who yeah, man, I, I've, I've, um, I've been really blessed to just be around a lot of um, high basketball High basketball IQ guys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my first client was was uh, Josh Howard, who was a former NBA All Star for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Devin Harris, Corey Brewer, um, just to name a few. Um, early on in my career, right, and then um, kind of flipped it back into the grassroots. So, um, Juwan Evans worked with him for a long time. Um, who's with the Phoenix Suns now? Uh, Trey Young. Um, now we've got some more guys also in the collegiate ranks. Right. Like, uh, PJ Washington and, and Nick Claxton in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, over the last four to five years, especially, um, things have been panning out for a lot of these guys. So um, I've just been fortunate enough to just um, continue to work with them and then mm -hmm. help them out in, in any way I can possible, whether it's on the court or off the court as well. So um, it's, it's been a blessing, not just for them, but for myself to really see on how I can improve my, my teachings and, and just become a better coach and person for that matter. I'm sure that they appreciate someone such as yourself because I watched your videos mm -hmm. and you're very detail oriented. Um, a lot of teaching, a lot of talking to the young players about what they need to do, particularly game situation stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you find nowadays, and um, again, we're not going to bash anyone that does anything uh, closely related to this, but do you think that now it's like run of the mill stuff as far as the trainers that's being done out there in the world right now? Yeah, you know. Everybody has their own niche, right? You know, and everybody has their own way of, of teaching the game of basketball. Which, to me, I'm as long as you're getting the message across to the to the player, mm -hmm. and and you guys have that synergy, on and off the court, mm -hmm. and, and they're developing as a as a person and as a player. I think that's great. Right. But you know, nowadays, man, and it, and it's it's and we've talked about it. It's not just in the basketball world. You you start seeing in terms of quality, mm -hmm. everything is really getting diluted across the landscape. Whether it's in music. I mean, it could be even food. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything in our culture, in terms of this, this uh, in America especially, mm -hmm. is getting watered down. And for me, I mean, and for somebody like yourself who's been doing it for over a decade, right? It, it it's kind of frustrating at times, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, because there's there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And as as well as you know, the sacrifices that you you take away from your own kids and your own family, and right. you're putting into somebody else right. with time and dedication. Um, it's it's hard, and I don't want to say that you know I'm sitting here comparing myself to any other trainers, but I just know what I do uh, 
for myself to, to make me better mm -hmm. and to help make others better. Um, you know, sometimes you may get overlooked in certain aspects mm -hmm. and, and not get all the opportunities that you wish you could. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you just got to stay prayed up and just continue and ultimately something will fall on your lap. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Big time, hopefully. So you're, you're Dallas, primarily centered, centered in Dallas, correct? Yes, what do people in Dallas think of New York City basketball? Man, you know. And don't hold any punches. Be real. Yeah. Now, I, I'm going to tell you because, you know, I, I coached on the EYBL mm -hmm. on the 17U side. So one of the things I've always um, really admired about New York City and, and just this area area um, is is the brand of basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the way you coach kids out here is a lot different than how you coach in Texas. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the kids up here on the northeast side, Y'all's resources is very limited in terms of like gym space, space right. and things of that nature. So um, I think the appreciative side is a mm -hmm. little bit different mm -hmm. um, because in, in just in Dallas alone, I mean, we got million dollar facilities on every block. Right. And now you actually have more access to trainers and teachings all mm -hmm. over the, the landscape. So it is different. Um, you know, the, the, the mentality too, from an economic standpoint is different. Mm -hmm. I mean, out here it's like a eat or get eight right, mentality. Right. In Dallas, it's a little bit more spread out, a little bit more suburban, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's just a different um, uh, lifestyle. And so you see a lot of great talent, obviously, mm -hmm. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I would say that the resources in terms of what, what kids in New York are, are allowed to do or, you know, um, or exposed to mm -hmm. it's just a little bit different right but um i've always had the utmost respect for new york and i know everybody in texas has too so when you think of new york city basketball what do you think about handles get to the basket tough oh, no gritty question. no question like my, my one of my best friends tyler riff mm -hmm. you know i mean and you know everybody knows tyler could dribble the hell out of basketball mm -hmm. so um you know kenny anderson mm -hmm. my favorite one of my favorite players growing up was mark jackson mm -hmm. you know so he didn't have a handle though yeah, but I mean, he, but he had—he was just he was cerebral strong. and cerebral, yeah, like all hell. You know right? what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I've always been infatuated with just tough guards. Right. And so you look at from Sebastian Telfair to—I mean, the list goes on. Right. Like even I guess Lance is considered a guard now. Right? Yeah. Right, right. But you ain't got no punks coming out right, of New York. Right. You know what I mean? And so um, all my friends, even growing up, were either from Jersey or from New York, mm -hmm. because I mean, it's very straight to the point. Mm -hmm. You know what you're gonna get, and and. You know, I think pretty much everybody throughout the U.S. knows what you're going to get in, in a New York guard. Right. Do you think that uh, at this current juncture in basketball training, the basketball training landscape, mm -hmm. um, are we in a good place overall? That's a great question. You know, I really do ponder about that a lot. Like, I think from a competitive standpoint, mm -hmm. no, uh, we are in trouble. Mm -hmm. I don't think kids nowadays really genuinely love to compete. Right. I think a lot of kids love to win mm -hmm. more than they hate to lose. Mm -hmm. And that's just really, that's not their fault though. Right. You know, I think we as adults, we've, we've created this, this, this um, scene of, um, like we talk about giving out trophies to, right. to losers, right. losers, honestly, right. even fifth place. I mean, you lost. that's, that's a loss. Lost. So I think that the conditioning of, of what's been taking place over the last 10 to 15 years mm -hmm. is really kind of just watered down the, the comp competition mm -hmm. I mean hey you uh, tournaments now you playing four or five games in one day in weekend right or weekend. Yeah, in, the, in the day yeah. right and so you lose and it's just like well bet I got a game at five right. o'clock back in our day I mean if you lost you going home right and it would bother you right 
So, I mean, I, I it, it is tough, though. But the competitive standpoint, mm -hmm. it's not like it used to be. Mm -hmm. you know? Do you think that the trainers right now are using their platforms for possibly the um, the financial gain as opposed to the gain of the game? I would say so. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, even for me, is you know, I, I have to promote myself mm -hmm. in order to make money. Mm -hmm. I think that's just the... the the, the, the tale of the two evils, right. so to speak. And so um, that's just a part of the business. You know, training once was just what it was, training. Right. But now it's become an actual industry, right? you know? And so what's gonna separate your, yourself as a trainer is how well you, you market yourself and brand your company. It's kind of fucked up, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is, but you know, for me, it's also been able to put me in a, in a position to really help more people right you know what I mean right. and so I look at it from a positive standpoint but I try to do the best I can to always stay true right you know and, and it gets hard I'm not gonna lie mm -hmm. um, not saying that you get caught up in the money all the time but you know I have a I'm a, I'm a single father yeah. and I have my own son right, right. you know and we, we got to eat as well right and so I feel like if you're valuable in anything you should be compensated right, right. you know so it just I think I'll people will know if you're genuine or mm -hmm. not I'll put it to you like that do you think that to someone putting it, putting that chase or the financial gain ahead of actual their craft, instead of getting better at their craft? Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people misconstrue that. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll they'll try to say, "Hey, I'm gonna run a camp. I need 50 kids at, at 60 dollars right. a pop," right. and they counting their money right. as opposed to like putting time in yourself right. and and mastering your craft. And the money will always come. Always, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. And so I think for me, um, that's that's been my approach. Let me go ahead and just be the best I can be as a, as a trainer. Mm -hmm. And all that will take care of itself at, at some point, hopefully. I've always admired the fact that you're one of the few trainers that um, can cross a divide. Because it seems to be a growing divide within the training, uh, training landscape currently. Mm -hmm. People that are doing stuff that some may deem questionable. Mm -hmm. And some may be doing stuff that's kind of... Um, old-fashioned right um, you're one of the few guys that seem to cross the bridge very well you're mm -hmm. respected in both both areas mm -hmm. um, how was that possible um, I, th I think it's just uh, staying staying connected to to my upbringing um, and and the mentors mm -hmm. that I've had over the last uh, few years I mm -hmm. mean since day one I, I'm I'm a student of the game and I respect who's came before me and, and paved the way for myself and I kind of go back into the each one teach one aspect, you know, and that one day I'm going to be considered an OG. OG, right, right. You know what I mean? Right. And I want to make sure that as I'm growing, I'm bringing others with me. Right. So um, that's just kind of the, the landscape that I'm bringing along. So oh, we're wrapping it up right, right now with Tim Martin of Dallas. And he's going to he already spoke to us about his experiences and how uh, the basketball landscape has changed. And we wanted to take this opportunity on the Mecca podcast. And thank you for coming by. And thank you for having uh, me. Thank you. For, and I hopefully good, good luck with everything. Yeah. And uh, especially to um, helping out uh, Dwayne Wade throughout yeah. his old process of retirement. Thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thank you all for having me.
We're at the famous Madison Square Garden. I'm here again with Tim Ma, and we're going to talk about primarily what does this mean to basketball? What does this building mean to basketball? Oh, man, this is, this is like the Coliseum, you know what I mean, in, in Rome. So I think, you know, every player growing up, especially during our era, right. this was it. Right. You know what I mean? And you hear nothing but stories. And, you know, I never had the opportunity to, to play in an event uh, um, at a place like this. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, growing up, this is something that really inspired me to continue to develop at my craft. And right. Is this the reason why they consider New York City the Mecca? Because of the lights? The lights and Madison Square Garden and all of this that surrounds New York City? I, th I think it has something to do with that. Right. Um, because it is a stage. You know what I mean? And from that aspect, I think, you know, um, it, it, it's kind of, it's the Broadway show for all of us. You know, the, the people that, that really play and put their blood, sweat, and tears into something. This right. is really the opportunity to be seen. Right. And this is the best stage to do it at in the world. So you're primarily from Dallas, and I know that we are um, in New York. We have a um, we like what you guys are doing in Dallas, um, and we like the fact that what you're doing as far as spreading the culture on um, basketball. Can you tell the people about what exactly is this beautiful struggle mean? I see you got the hoodie on right now. Yeah. What exactly does that stand for? Yeah, man, it's just it's just something that's sentimental to me. Um, you know, ironically, um, I actually took the phrase from Talib Kweli. Uh -huh, really? So he was one of my favorite artists growing up. So I was a, a, a New Yorker guy. Yeah, yeah. most deaf. All uh -huh. guys, you know, MOP. Uh -huh. That was kind of my, my my era of music that uh -huh. I grew up with. So um, with that, though, you know, I had a lot of hardships growing up. Um, and, you know, I was homeless with my son mm -hmm. for a long period of time. And so now um, just being able to really understand what life means to me, mm -hmm. um, I think this phrase kind of wraps it up in, in a nice little you know sentiment uh, aspect of the beautiful struggle and so that's something that i just it's some it's a phrase that i live by right so to speak so now did basketball help you get out of that struggle that you're that you were in oh yeah no question man it was uh it was something that you know when i was homeless basketball was kind of just the, the way for me to really just get out of the, the struggle so uh -huh. to speak and to meet good people like yourself uh -huh. and to really just uh network uh -huh. that's one thing basketball did for me is that it, it it built relationships right. through that ball right. from all kind of different cultures, different people from around the world, and, and it really inspired me to continue to grow as a person uh -huh. and to, to get better at my craft. I, and I think that's what separates you from most of the trainers out there. Everyone's doing a great job of what they do, right. but I think that the fact that you're, you, you've are you been through hell, yeah. for lack of a better phrase, right. and um, so you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears at every drill, every rep, every session, right. and that shows when you do your videos, and I've right. seen you work, and, I, and that's definitely something that we on this side mm -hmm. see from the from from afar. No, that means a lot, man. Uh, that means a lot. And uh, that's, you know, I think, I think we talked about that before. Um, I think it's just important that everybody focuses more so on their craft than right. the quality of their craft. Right. Because what you see in nowadays is, is from from rappers to, to really any any in any industry uh -huh. to where people are just trying to get the, the quick the quick get, you know right. the quick come up, so right. to speak. And anything that has substance uh, or that is quality or that's gonna have a legacy behind it mm -hmm. in terms of your body of work is gonna take a long time to develop. And I think not just like we tell kids. Right. You know, my son's seven years old. We both know he ain't going to the league right, right now. Right. It's going to take years for him to right. consistently develop his craft before he gets to that level. So for us as, as teachers, mm -hmm. we need to do a better job of, of holding ourselves accountable and making sure that we are also applying that same, you know, uh, mythology that we're teaching to these kids about getting better as, as a person or as a teacher. I agree. Because uh, at the end of the day, we're like you said before, we're, we're tutors. Right. And we're, we're mentors to the young men and women coming up. And right. we have to leave a legacy for them um, going forward. Mm -hmm. If you were to go back to, to, to your basketball beginnings, 
what player, if the or players, uh -huh. really inspired your game growing up? Man, so I wasn't the most athletic guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I was kind of I was what I call slow fast. Uh huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. I was great change of speed. Change of speed. So um, you know, Dana Barrows was a guy. Wow. Percy Hawkins. Wow. Uh, Mark Price, Mark Jackson. Uh huh. Um, a lot of those guys. They, you know, I look at guys that were playmakers. Uh huh. Because I knew, you know, I was I was a great shooter. Uh huh. But I, I wasn't really crafty at, at getting to the basket. Uh huh. You know what I mean? But I knew how to create for others. Uh huh. And so a lot of those guys growing up, um, you know, they really inspired me to just, you know, do what I do now. Right. So, you know. Now, do you hoop when you train? Do you hoop with them? I tried to. Uh -huh. I used to when I was younger. Uh -huh. but now, you know, I got bad knees and stuff. Uh -huh. so it's, uh, it's, it's getting rough as I get older. But, um, you know, now I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of great help around me. Uh -huh. the, um, aspiring trainers that, that help. Want to help out? Now it's kind of like, well, this is a part of it. You got to... You got to do the, the physical work. Right, right, right. You know right. I mean? so, uh, going to do the mental part. Let them do the, the, right, the drill, play right. defense. I got you. Yep. And that's, that's actually something that's, that we as trainers must do as far as helping the next generation coming up. Right. Uh, I think that sometimes we get lost in our own stuff yeah. that we forget to help out the next generation. Right. And the fact that you're bringing aspiring trainings on board is just, again, a tribute to and that's going to build your legacy. Right. It's like a coaching tree. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you look at, um, like, Larry Brown, who's one of my one of my mentors for a long time to where you look at his coaching tree. Right. You got Greg Popovich, right. John Calipari, right. Bill Self. Everyone's on his staff at some you point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, for me, like, I learned a lot from Tyler Ralph. Uh -huh. Guys like yourself, uh -huh. Mark Edwards, and uh -huh. so many different uh, mentors that I've learned and, and made me who I am today. And right. now it's kind of just like that each one teach one theory. So um, there's a lot of great, great trainers out there. Right. But I think ultimately if you want to grow, you got to bring others up with Right, you. right, right. You need a team. Right. You need a right. team. Okay, so again, we're here in New York City. Give me your top five New York City basketball players. Man, that's a good question. What, like? Nah. Okay, is it high school? Uh, high school in the ooh. Let's go because from, let's do high school if you can, okay. college, and then also pro. Okay, well, I, I would say, uh, you know, I was born in 86. So uh -huh. Prior to that, I didn't get to see a lot of people, but uh -huh. I know Kenny Anderson. Right. You got to throw him in, Stephon Marbury, right. Sebastian Telfair, right. uh, Lance Stevenson in uh. terms of what he brought the excitement out. But obviously, the number one guy that I think is this guy, Sham guy. Right. And, you know, he's in Dallas as well. Right. That's another mentor that I look up to uh -huh. where um, those guys did it the right way. Right. You know what I mean? In terms of giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And so I, I put all the different variables, not just the encore, when I when I talk about those guys. Okay. So they're just good people. Too. Right. So I always throw that in the mix when you talk about the greats. Okay. And professional? Professional. Uh... No, Chris Mullen, he was he was nice. He was hella nice. I mean, he was he was nice, Hall of Famer. Right. Um, like I go back to the Mark Jackson. Right. Um, man, that's a good question because there's so many of them. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean? And there's there's more continuous. Right, it's a lot. Here, so, um, man, put me on the spot. Yes, sir. Uh, that's a great debate that we probably I would have to really ponder. That's a great question. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm in New York and I couldn't come up with that top five. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's really impossible because then you start you start going one direction and saying yo I, you know these guys are, are the greats and then you start thinking yeah going back to the days in the right. 60s 70s uh, it gets better and better right you think about it. so I, I, we, we spoke earlier about the space that we're in as far as the training uh, what's going to move what's going to be in the future for the basketball training world that's that's something that's going to be interesting to see just obviously you know with the rules change right with the ncaa and stuff um i do know there's more trainers coming out 
Uh-huh. You know, there's really no way to uh, legislate it. Right. I mean, anybody can really kind of just come out and be a trainer now. Look, so. look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm a trainer. Right. And then we got more <laughs> facilities coming up. Right. You know, especially in the Dallas area, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, we got a lot of facilities being built year-round. Mm -hmm. So there's more gyms, which is going to, you know, create the supply and demand for more trainers. Uh -huh. More players need attention, the one-on-one -on -one training and so forth. So... Um, I think the game will get better, uh -huh. but it, it, it got to start with us as the adults. Right. You know, us as the teachers, we got to make sure that we teaching the game the right way. Right. So, do you think that at at times we go left when we should be going right as far as teaching the teaching aspect? I do, man. Um, but then again, you know, the way I teach is going to be different than how you teach. Right. 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 And, and I think it's important that you teach what you know. Right. You know, for me, I wasn't a great ball handler. Uh huh. And, you know, I was more cerebral on on coming off of pin downs right. and reading off the ball screen. Right. I was kind of more of a simple but efficient type of player. Yeah, me I know too. In, in New York, you know, <laughs> you're going to bring some flash with it too. Right, right. Know? So I think ultimately it's it's about what you're comfortable in teaching, uh -huh. but it's also about articulating it in a way to where the players will fully understand it. comprehend the subject. Right, right. You know what I mean? They need to fully understand the, the whys, the wind, and the hows of the situation or the, the, the move that you teach. Right. You know, so... I think we got to get back to that. I agree. Um, when did you remove cones out of your sessions? Man, great question. Uh, probably about three to four years ago. Uh huh. And that's when you were working with a higher level player, though. Right. Yeah. Like NBA players, so are never really I, I don't. I've never seen cones. a cone. Right. Yeah. Um, but I really did that with the with the younger kids, and it's it's not taking a shot at anybody. Um, I mean, NBA coaches still use cones. Right. It's right. Just for me, the mythology about my teachings was more so about the imagination. Um, I think a lot of the school systems nowadays is taking the critical thinking component out. Uh -huh. And with this new millennial generation on how they think, uh -huh. with the attention span or whatnot, right. I try to always insert the imagination. Right. So I want them to really visualize and understand that, you know, if you attacking from the slot or from the wing, I want you to really just see defenders and so forth. Right. As opposed to cones, which some people say cones represent you know, a defender or not, which is cool, but what I do is more one-on-one -on -one uh -huh. aspect, and then I'm throwing bodies. Right. I'm uh, bones over cones. Yeah, guy. right. That's what that's what prompted me to ask the question. Right. I, yeah. I, I remember your hashtag, bones over cones. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's boxing, right? right. Basketball is a reactionary sport. So essentially, if you really think about it, it's cool to, to, to build your muscle memory on, on certain mechanics in terms of your shooting right. or just getting good quality reps. Right. But then you need to apply that against bodies right because you don't never know if you defending me i don't know what you're gonna do right to disrupt my rhythm right and so you know going back to the boxing analogy if i'm working on my boxing technique against a punching bag that's great mm -hmm. but then if i try to just do that and then go into the ring right i'm gonna get my ass kicked sure you know well I, mean? I need a sparring partner right to focus on how to dodge and weave and, and so so forth so it's uh it's just a theory that's worked for me and i i'm i subscribe to that same theory uh -huh. um I, and i look at games and i see players that train with the cones exclusively right and and they look robotic right all right so they're going to the elbow and they're making a double cross whatever the move may be yeah. there is already pre-programmed that they're going to do at the elbow do double cross right um as opposed to reading what the defense is giving them and reacting based upon that yeah. and uh, i use the boxing analogy also yeah uh, i just know that uh, and I, I thought of old mike tyson quote everything yeah. looks good until you get punched in the face <laughs> right. right so uh, that all looks good shadow boxing looks good yeah until somebody's hitting you back right uh, i think that's a big thing that sometimes you look at some of the training the training that's going on yeah. and it's so robotic right 
yeah. it's so robotic. Right, and, and it's and you know, like I said, there's nothing wrong with with you working out with cones. Right. That's not the the point. But the point is that you need to apply that. Right. In a game setting. Right. At some point. Right. Because these kids, it's it's a mental a mental block that they have. If you think that you're gonna just do a lot of stuff one on one, right, or against the cone, and then apply that into a game, you're you're delaying your progression, right? Because if you do something, you need to be able to make mistakes and play through those mistakes. Right. And and you'll only do that through pickup basketball or playing. Through, you playing one playing. on one, two on playing. two, whatever. You just gotta figure it out. Gotta play. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Uh-huh. Now you also have a big thing on or hashtag is uh, the process. Yeah, I'll be watching. <laughs> um, uh, break that down for us. I know that um, uh, Embiid is big on trusting process, right. and I'm quite sure his process is a little different than your process. Yeah. Uh, elaborate to the people what exactly is your process, man. So the process to me, what it means to me is that it's a it's a uh, a one day at a time kind of thing, right? And you hear a lot of these people now they're talking on social media about like the, the ending result mm-hmm. right of like everybody wants to emulate mm-hmm. like the guys that are in the nba mm-hmm. right doing Kyrie moves or mm-hmm. doing this and that but like you got to start from somewhere right you have to start somewhere and then you got to continuously build right journey's a lot longer than the destination the right and so for that process for any player that i work with it's for them to fall in love with that right that this is going to take time and to have patience and then what you know whatever happens will happen but the process to me it just means uh you know just really just uh, enjoying that moment mm-hmm. but also enjoying working at your craft day to day so what does the term heavy lifting mean to you good question heavy lifting man that's that's something that uh i, w- I would probably say just putting a lot of a lot of things on your back you know what i mean uh that comes with stress that comes with growth right that comes with sacrifice uh discipline um, um valuing your morality uh-huh. in terms of as a person standing up for what you believe in um and you know as i'm getting older i guess there is a lot of he- heavy lifting being a, right. being a single father too you know um and, and doing everything that i'm doing from a business standpoint but also trying to uplift others right you know there's there's a lot that comes with it it's not just the player development side. This is the growth as a man that I'm trying to become to, right. to help others. So there's there's a lot of different variables that go into that. That was a great uh, great answer, man. I appreciate that yep. big time. Um, In terms of basketball, uh, let's say you work with a kid, uh, he or she from you know for 12 years or so. Uh-huh. Now he or she makes it to the next level, um, and they go they whisked away with another um, trainer, whatever the case may be. Right. Is, is that an avoidable situation, or is that something that we just have to deal with on the, on, the, on 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 this level? I don't want to say it's avoidable. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything. I mean, that's I, I, nothing is ever a hundred percent. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's just more so about man. Like for me, I, I try to do it for the right reasons. I always. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I believe in good karma. And so um, when you're going through that process and it, and, it, and it's taking years, and as the people, the players start to see the success, mm-hmm. that's really on the player and, and y'all's relationship. Right. Where if they're gonna feel comfortable. To continue with you uh getting to that next level and then you know just maintaining that relationship right? uh-huh. um but i think i think as we all grow um and get to new levels as as people your circles are always going to change no right. matter what right even outside of the, the basketball, basketball ministry, work. Yep. you know what i mean and so i think that's just a natural part of of human development 
so to speak. Um, ideally, you know, you want to maintain those relationships, right. and you want to keep the day ones around you. Right. Um, but sometimes it just doesn't work out right. that way. And to me, you know, that's okay. I can live with that because it's kind of like what Hope said. You know, you make one, make another Hope. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And yep. if you're really that great at what you do, and you're doing it for the right reasons, you know, you'll have more opportunities, opportunities. In, the, in the future. Right. I agree with that 1,000%. And, yep. it, and I, don't think, I don't think it's avoidable. Yeah. I think it's part of the business. Right. I think it's part of the process. Right. It definitely is. It's part of the process. And you, and you learn, you know. And, and for me, I've, I've learned a lot. Right. Um, throughout that process. Um, but ultimately, it's made me a, a better better person uh -huh. from a business standpoint and also a better teacher as well. Right. I think it's built my skin up a little bit Yeah. as far as uh, to be immune to the process. Right. Because um, I know I'm going to lose this McDonald's All-American to this whatever, whatever, the, right. the powers that be. And I'm like, all right, we still cool. Right. But you made a business decision. I respect that. If you need me, I'm here. Right. That's yep. a, that is all based upon our relationships. Right. Nah, man, and and, and it happens. You know what I mean? Right. And, and especially when when players reach that certain level of success, you know, you got a lot of new people coming at it. Right. And it's just it's just natural to listen to new voices and right. stuff. And and sometimes it it does allow the player to grow in different areas that maybe uh they're immune to to my voice right and i i'm not getting the the, the response that i need out of them uh -huh. and it is better for the player agree to, to to you know separate and, and learn from somebody else. take a break and, and then that makes you appreciate they appreciate you when they come back yeah i think uh, that's big also yeah and and, it, and it's kind of like the boomerang effect yep. if it was meant to be then it'd be you know come back and we'll figure this out together so so what's next for you man as far as the training aspect, I know that you're doing very well on the business side. Yeah. Uh, what's next for you? I know a lot of people are going to coaching. A lot of yeah. people, you know, stay within the development space. Yeah. Where, where, where do you see yourself? Man, um, I want I want to do more more camps around the world. Uh huh. Um, because I want to I want to learn more from other cultures. Um, I think that's something that's always been a a bucket list of mine in the sense of. of uh, you know, traveling the world, uh -huh. kind of continuing the, the pattern that I'm down, the, the journey that I'm doing now, uh -huh. continuing down that path, and uh, I'm really putting more more energy and work into my son. Uh -huh. You know, um, it don't look right for me to, to make another player's great, right. and my son out here airballing shots. Yeah, looking stink. Yeah, you know what <laughs> I mean? And, and me and him have a great relationship. Right. So um, I think for my future, it's, it's he is my future. Right. I would start with him as the priority, but ultimately, I want to touch uh, the more of the masses of the world, uh -huh. not just from the player standpoint, from coaches as well, uh -huh. up and coming trainers, trying to really uh, coach the coaches, right? So to speak. Right. That's a big. Uh, that's a big task. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a big task, and um, I'm with you on that. I mm -hmm. think that a lot of people. Um, first off. A couple years ago, skill development wasn't even a, a business, an industry. Right. Um, but right. now it's being embraced by people such as yourself and getting out there and then getting to the masses and letting them know that it's needed. Right. It's right. Right. Like coaches got to win. Yeah. They ain't got time to necessarily sit there and teach you certain things. Right. That's where we come in. Exactly. And I think that we can definitely help the, the culture and then our basketball and then also the culture as a whole and how basketball can affect like you said go to different countries right. and bridge that gap between people in japan people in china people in indonesia right. um in the philippines whatever the case may be yeah we just finished another mecca podcast here in the backdrop of new york city in the master square garden aka the mecca i'm here with tim martin who flew all the way from uh sunny dallas <laughs> to come up to new york city uh in this blistery weather we have up here i want to thank you for coming up man Thank you, and sharing with the people um, um, on our podcast following. 
what you do and how great you are. And um, we appreciate you on this side, and yeah. we look forward to working with you in the future, right, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Same here. All love.